0: Good morning, day or night, wherever you are on the world. Welcome to the Surviving Drive Podcast. Today we are discussing our 2023 Formula One predictions.
1: This is your favorite source of American-based F1 conversation, presented by me, Alex, and my co-host, Tyler. Let's race into it. No!
0: Alright, Alex, let's get started with our thoughts on 2023 season. How about we start off by giving just one quick thing that we're we're really looking forward to in this season.
1: Uh, yeah I would say for me hopefully a a, hopefully a closer grid um, across the board I think especially with uh, hopefully having six drivers fighting for the championship I think that's what I'm looking most forward to I think we saw um, this year I mean in 2021 we had just just Max and Lewis kind of fighting and then this year I think you you know Max kind of dominated still but we still had Ferrari and Red Bull kind of going back and forth and hopefully Mercedes can fully enter that conversation going to next year where all three teams are fighting each and every week for a win and I think that'll open up a lot more opportunities and make for a lot more exciting racing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm really excited to see those top three teams really try and battle it out up front. And then, you know, I'm also excited for a couple of the the young new drivers coming in with DeVries and Piastri as well. So super excited to see some of those uh, team lineups, and uh, we'll see where the season goes. I'm also just, uh, as a side note, I think a little bit, you know, silly season-wise, just drama-wise off the track, I'm kind of excited to see some of the, the FIA proposals for, for new Formula One teams moving forward, I think that's something that'll probably start to develop a little more quickly now that uh, the FIA is on top of that with you know teams like Andretti and Mercedes and uh, rumored to be a couple other teams as well in the mix there.
1: Yeah, definitely that's come in the news and a lot in the past week or so with these teams uh, kind of vying for bids in F1, and it seems like a lot of people are interested, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, so for today's episode, it's going to be a quick one. We're going to go through kind of high-level predictions, and then we'll go through another episode where we kind of go through a complete predictions of finishing order for both teams and, and drivers. But for today's, we're going to go through and uh, make predictions for driver's champion constructor's champion, uh, who we think is going to win races, uh, kind of a surprise winner, surprise qualifier for the year, uh, what team we think is going to take a step forward, what team we think is going to take a step back, and then wrap it up with kind of the biggest driver like pairing surprise, or kind of in general in the in the paddock, what we think you Know maybe some drama that could be caused between drivers or just the teams themselves,
0: yeah, definitely. Let's go ahead and jump into it. And uh, starting off pretty easy here with our driver champion, who do you think is going to win the driver's championship, Alex?
1: Um, so I was originally going to go with uh Lewis Hamilton for this, yeah, but you took Lewis Hamilton first as the winner, sure did. Um, I do think it's going to be Mercedes Driver Sago, it's George Russell, yeah. Um, I think you can make the argument for Russell just as much just because of how this past year went. You Agreed. know, he did score more points than Hamilton. I know that Lewis. Kind of did some tinkering with the car and different things at the beginning of the year. But um, in terms of like the DNFs they had, everything was pretty much the same. And in terms of the race itself, they are kind of on par with each other. So mm-hmm. I think he did a great job this year. And he'll only continue to get better after, you know, it was his first year fully in the car for a whole season. So yeah. I think he continue to improve this year. And um, I just think the biggest thing, whether you have Lewis or George in this case um, for Mercedes, is that I think they closed that gap at the end of the year mm-hmm. to the point where it's maybe they're 10th behind or something now. And even if they start the year maybe a little bit behind, I think with their strategy and things like that, they're going to make up for that. And then they're only going to continue to get better. And we look at um, the production last year and how they improved from beginning to end was one of the more impressive things I've seen in terms of the pace that they were able to make up. Uh, so I think over the course of a full season, I think they'll be back on top again this year, especially with Red Bull taking you know the reduction in wind tunnel time too. I think it's going to bring them a little back and Ferrari being Ferrari. So I think it's going to be – I have George winning. I think it's – I think it's – safe to say that you could go with either Mercedes driver.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of really good points there. I think, you know, George does make a a really good case for himself, being the second year in the team, second year in uh, that car. I think, you know, he's going to have a good shot at definitely winning a little bit more races than he did this past season. So uh, excited for the prospects of that, but you know, I think Hamilton, if they're able to take that step forward and able to be in a race winning car weekend after weekend, I think it's hard to argue against Hamilton. He's shown himself uh, at the front of the grid so many times, so many seasons and so many different cars. So uh, I think I'm going to go with Hamilton here. Uh, And in conjunction with that, with the Constructors Championship, I'm going to go with Mercedes. And I think you would agree with that uh, on that front. But I think, you know, as a team, their strategy always seems to be uh, on par with the best strategies of the weekend. Their car uh, only continues to get better over the course of a season, uh, and their their driver pairing is is arguably the best on the grid.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely the best driver pairing on the grid. I think just like you said, all the all the points you made about their strategy and everything that goes in, and they've been a winning team for so long. And like uh, I think like we talked about before, it's it's hard to see them messing up twice in a row. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I think they learned a lot from last year about what went wrong, and so. I think it. they take a, just a huge step forward this year. And I think you can make the argument for even, and we'll get into it when we do our finishing predictions in another episode, but of them just finishing 1-2. And it could be you know similar to years past where they just kind of run away with it in the 1-2. But I think um, either way, either direction you go is a good choice. And I think they're just going to, with their strategy, with everything we talked about, like be able to make make up that difference to Thresne at the beginning of the year and then just pull away at the end.
0: Yeah, and, and in this conversation that we've had briefly, we've kind of discounted Ferrari. Is that strictly down to strategy? I think, you know, from my point of view, it's it's both the strategy and maybe the mistakes that both the drivers have just kind of seems to bite them uh, once or twice, you know, throughout the course of a season. Uh, they just have weekends where it seems like they're throwing away just massive amount of points yeah. and something that I don't think they're going to be able to to climb over if, if Hamilton and George have a car uh, or even Verstappen, like we saw this last season, if they have cars that will be able to compete at that level. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's I think it's the simple case if there's a strategy and just everything around the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the drivers, too, like you said, they tend to make a few more mistakes than I would put on, on Russell or Hamilton to make. Um, and I think that's what we saw this past year is, I think it's going to get to a point where, I, I don't know if it's just like not, because they're not used to fighting for a championship, if that's what it is, because... I think the difference that between them and Red Bull is you always had, I know we had this couple years with Vettel fighting against Hamilton, but it felt like near the end of it. And in in recent years, it's been like, all right, Max has had his experience like fighting with Mercedes. They haven't up until 2021. They didn't really have quite the car to do it, but he still would sneak out some wins and Mm -hmm. had good racing and stuff. And he had that experience. I think both the Ferrari drivers just haven't really had that experience, like fighting at the front for the whole season. Yeah. And I think it's, like, it shows where they try to do too much sometimes because they think, oh, like, if I don't capitalize here, like, I'm going to lose it all. But, like, it's it's kind of like an all-in mentality they have where, like, yeah. that can come back to bite you, like, making the smart move or, like, backing out when you're, you should back out, things like that.
0: Yeah, and I think we saw kind of the mental side start to spiral down for, like, signs at the end of the yeah. year, especially just trying to do too much and really forced himself into other mistakes. On the flip side, though, I would like to say, you know, a change in team principle, hopefully a a little bit of change in culture around the team and around, you know, the strategy and what they're able to do. So I'm, you know, more hopeful on that regard, uh, that they'll be able to, to lock in some race wins and, uh, and hopefully stay up there with, within the, you know, obviously within the top three teams, but potentially within that championship battle for quite some time.
1: Yeah. And I think it's worth noting too, with that, like they did have statistically the best car for most of the year last year mm-hmm. performance wise and I've seen some things where they felt like they've unlocked a little bit more horsepower even going into this year yeah uh, so they do have a great car uh, they had a lot of reliability issues with the car so if they can fix that and you know they always do say like, I think it is easier to it's easier to fix a fast car than make a slow slow car or make a reliable car faster yeah uh, so they do have that going for them but I think it just comes down to, even if they have a similar car as Mercedes or Mercedes, even as a tiny bit behind, the driver's going to make up that difference in, in strategy as well.
0: Yeah. So let's go ahead and move into our next one here. All race winners throughout the season, um, and, and this you know kind of goes in, in hand with our shock winner. Uh, I think we'll keep our shock winner out of our expected winners, yeah. uh, at least unless you expect somebody else to win. But uh, for my all race winners, I'm going to go with both pairings of Mercedes and Ferrari. Uh, and then just for Stappen from Red Bull, I think, you know, and we've hit on this a little bit and we'll continue to hit on it later on in this episode, but I think Red Bull is going to take a, a decently significant step back uh, with their reduction in wind tunnel time and, uh, you know, just the reduction in wind tunnel time from being champions already. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's going to be tough from them. And also on the, on the front of Perez, I think it's going to be tough for him to continue to put in these performances where he's you know out punching Verstappen in a car that continues to slide more and more towards Verstappen's favor so uh, that's why I'm keeping him off this but I think uh, a pretty straightforward season not as straightforward as last season but uh, you know top three teams are the only winners here uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah I had the exact same five drivers I think same thing I think you the only other one you could throw in there is Perez but yeah. I think with their car maybe taking a little bit of a step back and Red Bull being Red Bull and catering everything to Max. I just mm-hmm. don't see him winning one, um, especially if it's where, you know, I think last year Max was so dominant that, like, it didn't – this might sound weird to say, but, like, like that street race in Singapore, right? Like, at that point, it didn't matter. Like, yeah, yeah. Perez won, but, like, they weren't going to do anything to, like, move drivers around or, like, try to finesse anything in a weird way that would mess with Perez because, like, it really didn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think if we have a battle with three teams this year and it's back and forth the whole season – They're going to prioritize Max every single time. Yeah. Um, Because he is, he definitely is, you know, the better driver of the two and will probably be naturally in a position that's higher, anyways, in points. Yeah. But I think they'll, it's Red Bull. Like they're going to exaggerate that even more. Yeah. And I think because of that, I left Prez off. But yeah, same thing as you. I think, you know, obviously with with Lewis and George, I think they're going to get a a rack up a lot of wins this year. Yeah. Um, I think the Ferraris will be able to get some wins as well, just depending on track type and stuff. Sure. Uh, And then Max is Max. Like I don't, yeah. It's, again we look back he's won every year since he's been in f1 mm-hmm. uh, at least one race a year so i think it, you know he's always going to find a way to win some of them so yeah uh those are my five too i think it's pretty straightforward in that respect i think it's you know like you said it's nice as not just going to be like one driver yeah um i think you know like i always thought every race last year no matter what i was like oh max will probably win anyways but yeah i think it'd be nice to, if we can have we can even have four this year right like let's say it's not five like even if it's four drivers three Three, four drivers that are like legitimately have a shot to win every weekend. Like it's going to be an improvement over last year.
0: Yeah. And we still think about last year, you know, there still was five drivers that won a race. So, uh, yeah, five drivers. You know, even even with that, I think it's just more spread out in this next season. You're not going to have,
1: I don't think anyone's going to win 15 races next year. Yeah.
0: It would be a tough one. It would be tough tough one to repeat. I think it's going
1: to be tough to repeat. Yeah.
0: So let's go into our shock winner now. Um a winner outside of the top three teams that we think yeah. might be able to to stick it up there in P one. I went here for Gasly, I think uh I think his move to Alpine is gonna kinda unleash him a little bit, give I him agree. a little bit more motivation and more of a car underneath him that he's gonna be able to do something, you know, really extraordinary with. So yeah, that was my pick for that.
1: I agree with that. I think that's a great that's a great pick that's up there on my list as well. I think he's always had that potential and stuff but has never really had that car yeah um and now that he has a car that's on the cusp it's not going to be a a race winning car uh in terms of the top three Mm -hmm. but there's going to be probably at least one race that enough chaos happens where he can sneak in there and i think that alpine is going to be right on the edge of that top three Mm -hmm. um so I i think that's a great pick yeah um, for mine, I went with this is just a biased pick. I just went with Lando. Yeah, big um, McLaren guy. <laughs> big McLaren guy. I think though the reasoning. I I I think the two for me and you probably. I think you probably agree with this. I think the I think it's got to be Gasly and Lando are the two drivers. Yeah. That you would put next in line after those top six. Best of the rest to win a race, and I think that's gonna who's gonna come down to for best of the rest between Gasly and Lando. Yeah. Um, I think the Alpine just is gonna be a better car. Uh, I'm just say Lando just because. Like we talked about this past season, he's always there to pick up the pieces Mm -hmm. for any mistakes that are made. Uh, And he did have a few surprise qualifiers. And if McLaren can make the car a little bit better, obviously they're not going to touch the top three teams. But if they can keep where they're at, if they cannot regress. Yeah. At some points during the year, he did qualify P3, P4. Like if he can qualify and put it up in P4 and chaos happens at the start, especially if we have a championship battle where it's, you have Max, Lewis, George, like all of them fighting for it. Mm Mm-hmm. It could get dicey up front, and then if a big accident happens, like, Lano you know, comes away unscathed and could win a race then.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see it. I think the one thing that, that hinders me from going with Norris or even Piastri, because yeah. I think he has a talent, is kind of everything that we've been hearing about McLaren so yeah, far this offseason. Yeah, it off
1: could be a rough start of the season.
0: It doesn't sound good. No. It, it sounds like they're continuing, rather than, like, really knocking their car, and it doesn't sound like they're fully regressing from where they were last like sitting where
1: they're at basically it
0: sounds like they're pushing off all their hopes yeah just further and further down the road so we'll see what they're able to do but it doesn't sound like uh, they're going to be taking too big of a step
1: forward yeah I agree I think the only my only point against that would be that maybe they're just trying to not get ahead like they were last year in a way because we had that fluky thing in Barcelona last year. Orlando finished P one one of the days, mm-hmm. and everybody started gassing up McLaren yep. for no reason. Landos like, no, this is not like the true pace. Like, please don't take this at face value. Yeah, um and then that showed in Bahrain. So maybe they're just trying to get ahead of that and like be like put it down. And I don't know, but I, I agree. I think it's I I would agree, and I think that the outside of the top three teams, Alpine definitely has by far the best shot to put a wiener on the board.
0: Yeah, and I think they upgraded their. Uh, their driver pairing, not necessarily in terms of like holistic talent, but like in a team that can can work well, even though there's, you know, so many uh, paddock rumors about the rift between the two of them. I think yeah. they have a lot of talent in that team and are going
1: to be able to utilize it a little yeah, bit better this season. Yeah, I think, think talent wise, it's right up there still. Yeah. I mean, Alonzo is great, but you did decrease the meme ability of the team, went down drastically. Definitely. The trolliness of the team went yep. down infinitely, but the. The driver pairing itself, I think it could work. I think it's... I think the Alonzo O'Connor one to me going into this year, like, that was just disaster right away. Yeah. disaster written all over it. I think Alonzo's going to have that with every team member he's with. He's just an old, salty guy now. Like, it's just... I don't know. I think he can't get along with anybody. I think... And this is... going to sound weird. He's just way too old for the grid. Like, he's just way too old. There's just such a... And here's why I'm saying this. There's just such a big difference between, like, him and, like, the rest of the drivers. Mm -hmm. And, like... Ge- it's just a generational difference. I don't know how else to say it. Like, yeah. It's just a different thing. Whereas, like, Gazino no, kind of, I guess, are closer in age and more similar in that respect. But this could go 50-50, I think. This could also go really bad.
0: Yeah, and I think he gets a lot of the heat uh, from, you know, the media just because he's willing to say the things that are a little yeah. uncomfortable. And that's probably why he gets uh, so much, I don't know, slander. But, yeah, you know, that's why he gets talked about so much and a lot of his comments brought up so often. But uh, let's go ahead and move on now to our shot qualifier. Uh, and here's where I went with a McLaren driver. I went with Piastri here. Um, I think in terms of expectations, he's probably not going to be expected to outperform Lando no. like almost ever this season. I think Lando's uh, held uh, in such a high regard throughout the paddock that Piastri won't be expected to you know, out-qualify him more than maybe three races of the season. Yeah. But I think he has the talent to really string together uh, a specific weekend. So really excited uh, to see what he can do, and I hope he uh, has a shot qualifying this season.
1: Yeah, I like that one. I think when we say shot qualifier, I think it's good to clarify. You're not saying Piastri's going to get a pole position. Yeah. You're just saying, like, he could put it up in P4 or like something that like would be surprising for a non top three team.
0: Yeah, yeah. And potentially the second driver of that team. At yeah. Least he's and outperforming.
1: As. Yeah. Definitely viewed as the second driver. There's no expectations I think for him exactly. this first year. Yeah. Um, so for my shot qualifying with Gasly, uh, I legitimately think like he could, I think the Alpine is going to be good enough to where on the right track in the right circumstances, maybe it's wet, maybe something, I don't know, maybe just something weird might happen during qualifying. Mm-hmm. You have a case where one of the Red Bulls or one of the top, three teams like gets out in q2 for some reason i think he could have like a trolley qualifying performance like alonzo had last year where he puts it like p2 in canada because it's raining yeah something really random like that because i don't know they're gonna have a good enough car to like they should be in q3 every single time yeah he should always be in q3 and they should be fighting for that i would imagine he should be trying to qualify that p7 spot Mm -hmm. would be where i would think he would land and so if there's a Driver two in the top six that misses Q two that bumps him up to p five and then he has a good run or something and times it right like he could get could put it, put it second or third in the grid. I and can if, see that happening. And
0: if we think back to the twenty twenty one season when he was in a decent yeah car next to Yuki Sonoda, he was always outperforming Sonoda, always. always outperforming the car and able to put it up in the top five. Like, almost every almost I felt like he was P five yeah. every race. Yeah. It felt
1: like every it was felt like it was always like it would be Maxwell Lewis on pole and then Max Lewis in second, and then Bottas in third, Perez in fourth, and then Gasly felt like he was always fifth. Yeah, Every single coming. time in the Alphabertura, he felt like he was always fifth.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Very good pick there. I think that's definitely a, a good chance of of putting it up there and at, at least disrupting the top six yeah. quite a few times this, this season. For sure. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to teams that are taking a big step forward this season. Um, I think we're unanimous decision yeah. here, rolling with Aston Martin. It sounds like you know both the driver pairing that they're going to have uh with somebody like Alonso who can do those those qualifying performances and then yeah. uh you know we'll be able to even though they're on the the back half of the grid I think they're going to be able to take that step forward because where Vettel was qualifying kind of where you would expect the car to qualify and then moving up from there it feels like Alonso's the the type of driver who qualifies in a really good spot and then Either you know turns into somebody, or is able to last in that spot, or make up you know, <laughs> or make a giant train. Exactly, I think that's the biggest
1: yeah. thing. Yeah, I agree. So I think we both have Aston Martin here. Everything I'm hearing is that they're taking a big step in performance this year. Well, mm-hmm. like we've talked about a million times. They have unlimited funds and money. Yeah. To spend, obviously there's the budget cap and everything, but they can go right up to it every yeah. single time. Um, I think Alonso, like you said, in qualifying gives them into another level because they were so disappointing in qualifying last yeah. year. They. You could, I think. I mean, they weren't already, like Williams had the worst car, obviously, last year. But I think in terms of, they were the most disappointing qualifying team of the entire season.
0: Consistently, consistently yeah.
1: out in Q three when they shouldn't have been. I mean, like we talked about, Fettel getting mad every single time. Uh uh-huh. I think Alonso is going to be, you know, he might not be putting it in Q three all the time, but I think he's going to be on the cusp of not putting it in Q three multiple times or near the top, like right on the edge of the points. Yeah. And if that's the case, like they're going to be able to make make moves and stuff and. I think they're going to have a good enough car, like even if it's the fifth, sixth best, even if it's the sixth best car, mm-hmm. let's say it's Alpine and McLaren ahead of them still, and it's the sixth best car, I think they'll still be able to make moves during the race and be close enough to that midfield to where they can get points. Like I could very well see Alonso, you know, getting ninth or 10th place every single race. Yeah. Which we didn't really have though with Aston Martin last year unless something freaky happened because they would always start in 18th.
0: Yeah. A lot of tenth place finishes for them. It felt like last year. Yeah. And, uh, I think you know they'll be able to capitalize more on that qualifying potential. Yeah. And I also think there's a lot of like there's a whole breath of fresh air into that team. It feels like not that yeah. Vettel was was bad for the team in any way. You it was know, just stale. But, it felt stale. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot more hope. At least it feels like it with Alonzo joining the team, and because you know Lawrence, Lance, and Alonzo seem to have this friendship and yeah, uh, and potentially this ability to drive this team forward.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think they will ultimately take the biggest step forward of of all the teams.
0: Yeah, agreed. Let's go ahead and jump to the teams taking the biggest step back. Uh, we've touched on it already. I think Red Bull is is kind of our unanimous decision here. I, I just don't think we've seen, you know, other than McLaren, especially in the offseason so far, we haven't seen much of any teams that like are, are just stripping away hope. And, yeah. And there's so much you know, so many concrete things that Red Bull has to fight against coming, coming yeah. from next season. And with such high expectations after last year, I think that's going to be such a big step back from winning 15 races in a season to potentially yeah. not winning the championship, not winning. You know, I think second place might be a battle for them with yeah. Max being the only one up there in the top six that's really fighting for wins week in and week out. So I think, you know, they're probably going to take the biggest step back in terms of expectations to finishing order uh and just you know weekend in and weekend out i think their car won't be as dominant as it was this past year
1: yeah i agree i think like you said we mclaren's kind of been the most negative this off season but i think red bull it's it's flipped of what it was last year it felt like last year and in the years past as they continue to get better they came with a positive approach like it's still gonna be a battle but like we're feeling good about our car it's gonna be a good fight whatever everything I'm seeing this year, I I saw something from Adrian Newey today and like just different stuff from, from within their team that like, it's going to be tougher. They're like saying more positive things about the other team, because they normally are the other way about that. And like, they're saying more like, it's going to be really like Mercedes to be better this year. Like it's going to be challenging because of the drivers they have. Ferrari's going to be good again. Like they seem to be like kind of bracing for it. And I I agree. I think we haven't, like, I think this reduction wins on time is going to hurt them more than people think. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, Horner said some exaggerated thing, like, it's going to cost, like, three-tenths a lap or something. Like, I don't know if it'll be that, but I think it will put them a little behind the ball, and, like, I think it will regress their car a little bit, enough to where we're not seeing, and naturally, I think you're going to, re- like, they won 15, like, one driver they won 17 races last year. Like, you're probably naturally going to regress anyways Yeah. from that, regardless, but I think they're going to take, of all the teams, I think, in terms of performance compared to last year, I think they will the number of points you're going to score will be the biggest difference down. Yeah.
0: Personal opinion question here. How much of the uh, taking a step back feel that we get from the, the vibe that we get from the team is because as fans, we really want to see a team not be winning 17 races in a season?
1: I think it's a little bit that. I, I just feel like I've seen on social media a lot more of like quotes from Helmut Marko, from Adrian Newey, from Christian Horner, like directly being more pessimistic i guess is the word yeah. about the season whereas in years past i feel like they were very optimistic about That's their fair. chances and even in like like when we watch like even not in direct quotes like when i watched like drive to survive like season one and season two like horn was always very positive and like we got this like i think we have a good car to compete but like it feels like this year it's more like pessimistic like we still think we're going to be good but like other people might be better
0: you know when Helmut marco is saying bad things about his own team that there's something wrong
1: or right? when he's he complimented Lewis. i mean he had that quote yeah i think in the last few days there's like you know mercedes will be back especially with a great driver like Lewis. like yeah after what happened in 2021 like i mean i thought i'd never see that but yeah that's so true. i i think i just think in general i think it's a little bit of that though where it's like in your own as fans you're like well i don't want to see someone win 17 races like that's that's no fun. Yeah. But I think in general, yeah, they seem to be more pessimistic going into this season. Yeah, definitely. Just because they are facing, in terms of everything else, an uphill battle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Let's go ahead and move into our last little segment here. Uh, driver surprise. Biggest driver surprise. Biggest pairing surprise.
1: Yeah. I'm going to let you go last here with this one. Cause Just a hot I, take. Yeah, I like you have a very hot take yeah. that I agree with. I agree with this take, I think unfortunately it's it's very sad for the podcast this day. Yeah. But let's hear it. Uh, so I'll start with mine. Um so I think Lando and Piastri are going to be pretty much even. Okay. Um I'm not saying even, like and I should say this. I think in terms of points Lando will finish a decent amount ahead. Just because of where their car is gonna be they're gonna be fighting for the back end of points. I think there's gonna be a lot of times where Piastri finish like eleventh or something like that. I mean in terms of like qualifying pace and like race pace itself, mm-hmm. I think they're gonna be pretty close. I think it's just always going to be where Lando's ahead and stays ahead. Um, and I think just with the team dynamic and everything, especially with Piastri being a rookie and Lando being the only more, sco- probably more so scoring points, I think they'll probably prioritize him more. Yeah. It's going to hurt Piastri. But in terms of like pace and qualifying, I think they're going to be a lot closer than people think. Uh, I think part of that's just I think Piastri's very talented and has the ability to do it. And I think if we compare it then to last year, like Ricardo was so off the pace. Yeah. I think we're going to see – like, if, if Lando, if they have a good enough car where Lando can get in the Q3 every time, Biasch is going to be right there on his heels yeah. the entire season, too. Yeah. So that's that's my take, is that they're going to be a lot closer than people think.
0: Yeah, and I think going into every weekend, you know, we saw Ricardo and Norris come together, and it was always a, okay, Norris, go get us some good points, and Ricardo, hey, maybe you can finish in 10th place. Yeah. When it had a car capable of, you know, 6th, 7th, whatever it might be. But I think, yeah, I agree with you And that in that front, is that, you know, they have so much more potential in a driver like piastri uh if they can get him hooked up and, and running in that car well i think he might be able to even challenge lando for yeah for some of those points so I agree. yeah definitely exciting uh i would say a, a pretty warm take for sure i think it's
1: pretty warm because i think a lot of people just think it's gonna like Lando's just gonna dust him,
0: walk like, away it's not with gonna it, be yeah.
1: close which is usually which what happens a lot with these yeah like driver pairings um is where the more experienced guy runs away with it in points, but I think yeah. it would be a lot closer than
0: that. Well, speaking of a more experienced guy running away with it in points, my oh boy. biggest hot take, biggest you know driver surprise this season is that Sargent gets significantly outperformed by Albon. And I say that with uh, an unfortunate smirk on my face because as Americans, we're going to want to yeah. see our, our American driver do well. I just think Albon was able to outperform you know, Latifi so, so convincingly yeah. after after Latifi even had three seasons. And, you know, I think Sargent has a little bit more prospects than, than Latifi did coming in. But I just don't think that it's going to be a particularly competitive uh, driver pairing, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, so I have a simple point with this. Albon very clearly an F1 driver. Mm-hmm. He had his time with what well, was Toro Rosso at the time, Probably got promoted way too early to Red Bull. Definitely got promoted way too, but still got promoted to Red Bull. Yeah, had a couple podiums with them and like still raced decently. Yep. Um, I think you could argue he did better than Gasly did in this little stint with Red Bull, or if not, right on par.
0: Uh, He lasted an extra. He lasted an extra year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Because they both got a half year, and then Alvin got the next season. Yep. Um. Then this year, like you said, way outperformed with Tiffy, um, and he did a lot of times that Williams. You know, it it was never going to qualify good, but he had those. Where he'd make some weird tragedy payoff and get a few points, and like, yeah, I think the biggest thing we saw for me is that even if he started in eighteenth or nineteenth, he would get you'd usually see him finish thirteenth, fourteenth, like somewhere at least a little higher up. And he got race like he would be racy during the races, and like, yeah, you'd be to see him on TV making moves and stuff. But I think Logan, I, I, it's so sad to say this because he's the Amer- first American driver in a long time. I think he might stink. Yeah, and here's why I think, I think it should like junior category success should matter and like you look at piastri won the title and like won a bunch of races and dominated um you look at devries who's coming in he won formula e he won formula two like won a bunch of races dominated Sargent won a couple races but like what did he finish p3 p4 in the in the driver's endings and f2 like it, he didn't do anything spectacular I know they like him, and he's I I but I part of me feels like it's just Williams being like, oh, it's kind of it's like a media ploy, where it's like he's this American driver, mm-hmm. he's got a certain like pull to him, a certain gravity, yeah, like an aura basically that's like, oh, this guy could be a Formula One driver, yeah. But as a driver, like I, I don't I agree with you. I think he could it could be where he gets nowhere close to the points this year, yeah, because that car is going to stink. Albon blows him out of the water, and then that's all we see of Ogontar.
0: And they were also kind of forced into the decision. You know, obviously Latifi wasn't yeah. performing anywhere near what he should as a Formula One driver, so they were kind of forced into into promoting him, I feel, potentially a, a little bit early. And the other thing we think about is, yeah, he's a rookie, and yeah, DeVries and Piastri are also going to be rookies, but DeVries and Piastri both spent at least a year literally right behind the sport, behind the scenes in the sport, you know, doing test driving, things like that, being in the simulator all the time. So I think, you know, they, they come with a different level of, of talent, level of experience because they've been able to see that. And I think Sergeant is lacking so much of that. His last season went right down to the wire to see if he would even be able to drive in formula one. So I think that's going to hinder him a lot more than it is some of the other rookies this season. And, You know, Albin is just going to continue to do his thing with a team that he's comfortable with and with a car that he's learned to drive into the points pretty well.
1: Yeah, I agree. I just think it's—I just don't know if he's—I just feel like we don't really know how good he really is because, like, all those things you mentioned. And if he would have won F2 this year, I'd be like, sure, he won F2, like he won the next highest category of racing. Yeah. Like, go ahead and give him a shot. Like, he didn't even win F2, and like you said. DeVries has been behind the scenes for years now. Yep, Piastri's been behind the scene this past year, like, done test driving. Like, I feel like there's more drivers out there, and even in IndyCar and stuff, they've done more test driving and stuff with Formula 1. So Yeah,
0: and it's it's not a great look when you're at the end of the season, like, scrapping for points for your rookie. You know, you yeah. want them to be like, oh, convincingly he's earned this seat, whereas it yeah. felt like with Sargent it was a, hey, he – can hopefully be in this seat yeah what we said
1: like if if he gets enough points he'll be our driver I'm like should he be your driver then yeah if, if he doesn't get it like exactly. what are you gonna do if he what was under what the backup plan we can talk about this another time but I wonder what the backup plan was like had he not gotten enough points like what were they yeah. gonna do Mick maybe probably Mick then yeah I guess but then it would have feel like if you're Mick are like wow they just settled for, like just cause this, be, yeah, just because be this f2 talk. guy who didn't get enough points like I'm the guy that I was settling for
0: yeah yeah, well, you know, those are some of our takes for this season. I think, uh, I think, you know, hopefully we get a good amount of those right. Uh, don't come banging our doors down when we don't, but I think we're uh, we're on the right track thinking with the right logic.
1: Yeah, until Precinct testing comes out and it's all – until Precinct testing comes out and uh, Mercedes have the worst car on the grid.
0: Yep, and it's all back asswards.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we are going to uh, wrap up this episode now and kind of the next – two episodes are going to move into kind of uh going in our predictions for specific finishing order Mm -hmm. so you know 1 through 20 for the drivers and then 1 through 10 for the constructors where everybody's going to finish and our reasoning why then we're also going to do 2024 driver lineup and know that it's not a mistake we're going to not it's not like we're trying to talk about next year's drivers lineups we're going to predict the driver lineups for 2024
0: yeah i think something that uh, i'm excited to talk about for sure i think uh will be very wrong but uh, excited to talk about it. Oh, yeah. It I'm moment.
1: sure we'll get half of them wrong. We have some ridiculous drivers in there. But, yeah. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we will catch you guys in the next episode. Yeah. Goodbye.